You are listening to Be the Love to Awaken Our Souls. We are souls on the journey, and our mission is to awaken all humans to a higher state of consciousness and live vibrantly as spiritual beings. We are here to open up the conversation to heal, awaken, and connect ourselves and the planet to a higher vibration of love frequency. I am Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey. And we are your co-hosts at Be The Love Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and ascending with us. It starts with you. Everything you need is within you. This is your time. This is Adrienne Elise of the Supernova Soul Tribe. This is Mia Tarduno. This is Dick with Sacred Fire Arts, and you're listening to Be The Love Podcast. Hello, and welcome to Be The Love to Awaken Our Souls. I am Brenda Carey. And I am Stacey Musial with our special guest, Juan Lee. And we are your co-hosts and souls on the journey. And thank you so much for tuning in this week. If you've enjoyed listening to our show, we would be absolutely so grateful for a five-star written review on iTunes. Reviews really help the show become more visible and spread the word to others. And please check out our Facebook community and get connected with other like-minded souls. And if it feels safe for you, let's take a moment and get centered in with us. I would like to begin by inviting you to take a cleansing breath in through the nose and out through the mouth, releasing anything that is keeping you from being present. Taking another deep breath in through the nose, breathing in calm, peaceful energy and breathing out anything you are ready to release. Take one more deep breath in, breathing in light and love for yourself and breathing out light and love, sending it out to all of humanity and remembering that you always have your breath to come back to. Our special guest today is Juan Lee. He has seen the message of love made so difficult that it's confusing and he removes the confusion by making it very simple. He personalizes religions and makes the message of love universal. He finds the things that people have in common instead of looking for the things that divide. Wan Lee is an author and teacher on the powerful principle of love. For over 30 years, he has studied organized religion to find the elements that unite humanity and share the message with those who need it. Raised within the Christian church, Juan has turned to teachings about love over the years to find strength, understanding, and hope. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Juan. Thank you for having me. So tell us a little bit about this uh, Christian religious upbringing and how it has shaped you and impacted your spiritual journey. Sure, sure. Um, I uh, basically grew up in the Christian in the Christian faith and religion. Um, I've went through quite a few different denominations in it. I've been in Baptist. I've been in Methodist. I've been in Catholic. I've been in, you know, uh, non-denominational. Um, all of them, you know, basically having their own way of doing things. You know, they're all denominations. And um, I found out that basically that there was a lot of things that were similar, but they were also very different in the sense as to how they worshiped, so to speak. And that's probably what's the difference between the denominations are um, until you get into other religions. And then you found that they have different um, doctrines and things like that. But the thing that I found that uh, in most cases is the similarities are that there's this some um, misunderstanding as to, as to how love, what love is, 
You know, we all have this difference of opinion as to how we demonstrate it and how we, how we, possibly how we even administer it in the sense of, of whether or not it's something that we can administer. Um, rather than, you know, is it something that I get? Is it something that I give? Is it something that makes me feel good? Is it something that makes someone else feel good? It's just so many different interpretations as it relates to how you use it or what it's for. And at 17 years old, I was extremely confused as it relates to how this stuff works. I mean, I've been in, in religion all my life. I'd, you know, gone through the stages of getting quote unquote saved, um, but not understanding, you know, fully what that really implies and what it means. And so I was still very much confused. Um, and, and then you put on top of that, um, I learned, had a learning disability, have a learning disability that was undiagnosed. And so at 17, I was looking for guidance and had no guidance, had no direction, had no idea as to how I was going to survive because I was, I had no identity. It was, I went through the academic experience just being pushed through through special education, but felt unprepared for life. And ultimately I was defeated and hadn't even really started life, to be honest with you. Um, and it was that journey um, to get to where I am that really revolved, evolved, you know, to be honest with you, to come to the conclusion that, you know, the system of life requires for, for us to, to survive. And that system is love. That system is love. And I didn't realize the importance of a system of what a system is intended to do until I joined the military. So when I graduated from high school, I went to the military and it was at that point that I understood or realized what systems were, how systems apply, how they work. And then automatically I began to say, okay, those same systems that I used, that we used in the military, the, 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 the act of a system, not the system, but a system was the same thing that we had to apply in our individual lives to be successful. And I began to see them in so many different areas of life. And one of them was just in what business looks like, how business is done. And business is, is, a, is an, a process of a system. You know, it's, this is how this thing works. And it's all based out of, out of, an attitude that desires to help someone. And that was so interesting because in the military, we had to have an objective that all of us had to buy into. And we had to have not only get involved with the system, we had to have the right attitude for the system. You just couldn't jump into the system and think the system was gonna give you the results that you were looking for if you weren't willing to get into the system with the right attitude. And the attitude comes from basically your motivation, your motivation for wanting to be in the system. And that motivation for the military was that we had to accept the fact that our purpose was to protect the United States of America by all means necessary. And it was those proper attitude that allowed the system to be successful and that we being a part of the system would be successful also. And so that's how, that's how that evolved, so to speak. Um, pretty intense way of getting you to where I am here, but over the last 30 years, 40 years as a matter of fact now, um, this, is this, this is what I've operated on, the system of love, because it connects us all together. It allows us to understand that the system is meant for the success of humanity. And it takes a selfless attitude to be able to demonstrate that love for humanity. And that's the power of love. Mm -hmm. So thank you for, for sharing that backstory and, and just your journey leading up to this point. And so I want to kind of look at what um, just to kind of start 
by going back to what you were talking about, just the religious upbringing piece and, you know, how that applies to the systems, your systems approach and, and the perspective of that. And talk about a little bit about the commonalities or the divisiveness maybe even of the religious upbringing and what you saw and how how that might confuse people and because I think there's a lot of people right now um, I know in my own background as a psychotherapist I work with a lot of people with religious trauma and religious trauma is very real and you know there's a lot of shame and guilt and all of these emotions and and just feelings that come with that and so I wonder if you could just speak a little bit about that and what you saw in that perspective it took me a little while to understand um because what religion is about it's a message and it's also an institution. And when you're unable to differentiate those two, it makes the message extremely unclear and confusing. And what I saw is, is that many times people could not get past the institution to get to the message. And even if they did, the message was so confusing because it's so intertwined with the organization that you can't get the fullness out of it. Mm -hmm. And what had happened in my case was that I saw the institution as being in many cases divisive and not being that which manifested or demonstrated the message in a holistic way. It was picking and choosing how it would manipulate and maneuver the message to begin to show how it would benefit the institution. Now, understanding that the institution at the end of the day is a business and that business has the requirements and has needs and without that, having to be explained to people, it's been misinterpreted as one and, of, one and of the same, the message and the business. And I saw that that was problematic to the system of love as it relates to the benefit or the concepts of God leaving us all in this area of confusion. Mm. And that's where I began to recognize that what was important was the message, not necessarily the means of how you got that message, but it was the message of love that was universal that we all had access to and no one particular uh, entity had a corner on that. And that was where the universal understanding of love as being a system for humanity it protects and it preserves humanity from one generation to another. Yes, I, I really love your perspective of that very much so. Um, and it brought a lot of clarity, the difference between the, the message and then versus the, the institution. And it can be very confusing, I think, for people and really take them off guard, if you will. Um, let's let's shed some more light on this message of love, because I think that's what we really want to focus on. That's what our listeners are interested in. Um, so this message of love, like how have you come down the spiritual path, knowing that where you came from, the military, religious upbringing, when, like when and how did that shift for you to really focus on the message as opposed to the institution or the, the system? Well, it's very interesting. I think even in my process, because I, I was very engaged in religion and, and, the, and what I took from it was the concepts instead of the following of any particular institution or directive as it relates to how it was presented, okay? And so even on my journey, 
I was always into this area of getting the concepts, being able to apply the concepts because I needed to actualize this amazing ability that was being presented to me in a way that I could begin to see it, feel it, and experience it. And so it was through that desire to want the concepts and not follow after any particular entity um, that I was able to not be felt so much a victim or deceived or confused based on what was being and how it was being presented. And what caused me to really get to this point and say, I've got to share it was that I couldn't see, I saw so many other people falling to the wayside. Mm -hmm. I saw people that were not being as successful in this, this experience that I was being successful in and not understanding because they were hearing the same thing and I was hearing and I was, and had exposure to everything that I had. And I realized at that point, it was not only what you were hearing, but it was how you were hearing it. And so the how turn comes from the attitude to as to how it comes together, how you position yourself as relates to what it is you're hearing. And it was then began my motivation. What is my motivation for hearing what I'm hearing? And it takes a selfless motivation to be able to hear love. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have that selfless motivation, Love is going to take on something that's going to be very confusing because love is an act that is demonstrated on behalf of another. And when you actually begin to see that, it will begin to determine what your motivation is. Because see, what love can be is it can be harmful as well as good. Mm. Because your motivation will dictate what it will become, what it would appear, what it looks like. And that's the part that we get confused in because people will say, oh, he loves that or she loves, but it doesn't resonate. It doesn't add up. The actions don't add up to good, but it doesn't, it doesn't remote remove the fact that it's a high intensity feeling that's, that's selfish motivated. Because that's what love is, is that's the high intensity of what, how I feel. And I'm going to demonstrate it in my actions. And that actions can be negative or positive. And so what I, in, what I uh, spend time in emphasizing is that this love is for humanity, mm. which automatically then interprets it as a selfless thing. It's not about me. It's about being a part of something bigger than myself. And it's because I can operate in that attitude of knowing that it's bigger than me that I begin to get benefits of it because I'm a part of it. I get benefits that are secondary to the whole. That's really beautiful. And it sounds like it's really about learning to tap into that energy and putting yourself outside of yourself to really feel the love and the vibration and giving back to humanity, but also connecting with others and feeling the connection as, you know, what one would say oneness or, you know, we're all, you know, in this together and like how we have created separation, you know, through different means and just feeling that illusion. And so I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit more about how might one tap into that feeling of love that is beyond themselves? Well, the first character is, let me just share with the characteristics of love. And this is a way that we can begin to lay the foundation as to how we demonstrate it. The first characteristic of love is that it's a chameleon. It really adapts to anything and blends in and it sacrifices for the, on behalf of others. It really blends in. So it really doesn't wanna stick out. It wants to just be a part of the group. Most times you think about it as a, as a chameleon is trying to protect themselves but it also, it also benefits the whole because he now or they now become a part of something bigger than themselves. Mm -hmm. And the purpose of it is so that everybody succeeds. And in, many, and in some cases you look like, well, if 
I get protected, that means everybody gets protected. But in, if you look at it differently, if everybody gets protected, then I get protected. So this is a willingness to be able to sacrifice your own individuality for the sake of a better, of a, of a bigger picture. Then the second characteristic of love is that it's a conduit. Mm -hmm. Because once you then begin to put yourself in that foundation that laid down in that, um, that format, that platform, now we connect to one another. We don't necessarily have to connect to each person, but our connection is connected to someone else. It's connected to someone else. One of the things that, like, that comes to mind when I think about this conduit, it, it takes me back to the early 80s or the early 80s when, when AIDS came out and people were so confused about AIDS and it was like, well, how does that work? What is going It's like, it's not only what you did, it's what you did with the person who did it with the person who did it with the person who did it with. It's just so pervasive that you have to realize that's how we're connected. Mm -hmm. We're connected with one another, even though we might not have had physical contact with that person, but we're connected to them by being connected to you or I. So we are connected just because that's what we are. You know, I don't know everybody that you know, but just now that I know you, guess what? Now I'm connected to them also. It's called networking. It's that's a part of it. But then the first, the third and final thing that makes love so tremendously powerful and undefeated is that it's a choice. Mm. It's a choice that no one can stop you. No one can force you but no one can stop you. And so that means that it's left at our, at our um, benefit or our um, re recourse or our own benefit or our own cause to basically determine whether or not we're going to implement it at any given time. And that's powerful because now I get to choose this. I get to choose when I demonstrate it and with my, in, with my, uh, uh, my attitude being to be protect humanity, it gives me that additional, I mean, come on, every opportunity that we're confronted with, we have to take a perspective. And if I'm going to take the perspective in any situation to love, then there goes the desire for humanity to protect and preserve humanity. And that's, that's what it's all about, is to understand that we have this ability, but we got so many things in our ears that tells us that we can't do it, that we can't, yes, you can. You can do it. It's at your will to do it. And that's all we have to realize is that we hold that power, that ability to be able to navigate this experience on behalf of someone else, First and foremost, because we are secure in who we are. And that's the first thing that love does, is it builds that security and that, that confidence that we all need to be able to navigate any type of situation, irregardless as to whether or not it might benefit me personally or not, but that we understand that how we're going to position ourselves is in the benefit of others. And that's a powerful position to be in when it comes to acting on behalf of someone else and recognizing just all of that you know that we do have the choice we can show up in what we want to focus on we can choose up to you know focus on fear and control and what didn't go right or what didn't you know what went wrong versus you know showing up and how can I tap into my sovereignty my love today and come from a heart-led place and really tapping into that energy to not only shift my own energy but then also impact the people that I come into contact with because that energy is contagious Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the things that we begin to recognize is that in that conduit, we have gifts and talents that we can share with one another with no expectations of a hidden agendas. 
there's this pure, this openness, this ability to understand that I need you and you need me and together we're better. Mm-hmm. We're better together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love how you make this concept of love so concrete like it's like it's a verb and I think sometimes we forget that especially you know we're coming off of a Valentine's Day and and I think some people get this idea that you know love is this mushy thing that's just out there and it'll somehow come to me or the right person air quotes right person but really it is action it is and I love your idea of being the conduit and we have choice to act on you know to act on love rather than just feeling like it's this ethereal thing out there that I have to, you know, search for when it's already within. And again, a lot of us, uh, the first part of love is that it it builds oneself Mm -hmm. to the point where they're able to give something that they are abundantly, that they have abundantly. And that's that security, that confidence, that that ability to understand who you are, what you have to offer. And there from that space, you begin to give that. Mm-hmm. And it's from that ability to be able to give that with no expectations of receiving anything in return, mm-hmm. other than the fact that someone needs what you have. And that brings you the fulfillment that life we all desire is that self-fulfilling um, meaning that who we are and what we have to offer comes full circle that I've given it. And now it's returned back to me in fulfillment. Yes. And, and I love that concept because it makes the giver and receiver equal. I think so often people feel like, oh, if I have to receive something, I'm less than because then I'm needy. And so I love how you address that. It, it, makes the you know giver just as important as the receiver and vice versa. And I think that's really important for people to hear. Yeah, I, I think that process, you know, of, of being a giver, the adage of it's, it's better to give than to receive, people don't understand the value of giving, but at the same time, it's fulfilling a need. And it's that need that brings you fulfillment as being the source of that, of that giving. It's, and so when someone receives it, because again, re- giving does isn't completed until receiving takes place. Because if I can give and give and give, but if you resist it and resist it, it won't get to the purpose of benefiting you from me rec- giving it to you. So then it, it's, an, it's a very um, important process is for me or for you to give as it is for me or you to receive. I've got to complete the process. It has to be completed. Um, and, and that's what we all need. We all need that circle to be completed in everything that we do because that's the value of the investment that we have into humanity. Absolutely. I think, you know, there's that reciprocal recipro- can't say that word <laughs> reciprocity, reciprocity you know where where we are it's a balance in that right so like when we are open to receive we are able to receive that love and you know because that's already within us too and then the giver is also able to feel that as well and so you know going back to that thought um that you were talking about you know as far as like how, how we can truly tap into that self-love? Like what are some of the tools or things that people can do to really start building that for themselves? Because there's a lot of people out there that struggle with self-love. You know, we've received those messages, especially in our Western culture, you know, that self-love is selfish and, you know, it's not, okay to just love yourself it's narcissistic or whatever word or you know message has been received but to truly be able to tap into that space within ourselves so we can grow that so we can give ourselves give that love to others in a way that feels good and is flowing well i tell you one of the things that i use to and help to insist or to share with people is the seven attitudes of love when you demonstrate or you put these seven attitudes of love into your own life, meaning you begin to allow these attitudes to shape and mold you, then they will begin to become 
that come out of you as a result of that way that demonstrates it, okay? The concept or the wording of self-love has taken on, you know, a very difficult dynamic in this situation because basically you're implementing these attitudes in self before you demonstrate them, okay? The one thing that I, I, I call it self-awareness and what it is is basically is to accept self, accept self, um, um, develop self, and acknowledge. They're not in the right order, but there's acknowledge who you are, develop, accept who you are, and then develop who you are. And the reason for you doing that is so that you can give yourself. If you don't have those three things in place that you've, you've acknowledged who you are, you find your faults, you look at the area and you say, show me me. You know, find out who you are. Do the research and do the work to find out who you are. This is the core reason between of reasons why most relationships fail because these things aren't done first. You don't know how to, to determine those relationships that add value to you and that you can add value to because you've not first done the, the work to define who you are, who we are. And so as a result, we end up accepting things that are filling us in areas that are haven't been addressed. And so those then we're given power of our fulfillment of our identity to someone else to either soothe them or to or to manage them in a way that's harmful. And so it's very difficult when we use love in so many different ways that makes that makes it very confusing to be able to understand its true value, its true worth, because it can be like I said in the beginning, it can do harm because. Here's the thing, especially as it relates to relationships, people honestly believe they're doing the right thing when they're harming. They love, they really love you, but they are doing it counterproductive to your needs. You don't fit, you don't connect, but yet they're in their mind, they're doing everything they know how to do to love you. And, there, give, and there is a challenge. Sorry, could you give like an example of that where that would be like kind of a scenario, either a personal one or one that you've seen where, where you see that play out? It's, it's interesting because you've heard about your love languages. Yes. You've heard about love languages. You know, that's a real good example of in a way of being able to address um, this idea of love, but yet it doesn't meet the objective of the one who has the love language. If I'm a, a one that you need to show me stuff, I need to, you need to give me stuff, okay, to, for me to understand your love, but yet you are a person who demonstrates love by what you say. That's not going to meet it. Doesn't mean that you're not attempting to try to love them, but you're not one to give things. You, you like to audibly tell them that I love you. I love, and I say, and they will go to be like, I don't, that don't work. You know, I, or some of them are like, you need to, I need to touch. I need to feel you. I need you to, I need to feel you. But yet you'll say, I love you and run out the door. That don't work. But see, we both, are, 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 for, from, from one perspective or another, demonstrate we're practicing love, but it's not working. It's not the right one for the right person. That's when you understand the right um, connections. Because again, this experience called life is about protecting and preserving humanity so that in the process of establishing relationships that would help you reach your potential and begin fulfillment in this experience, okay? So if you understand the full practice of the system, then you would be wanting to realize that you first have to be prepared to get those relationships so that you can be uh, reach your potential and be fulfilled. But if we start bringing on relationships before we get our, ourselves correct in the place that we know who we are, are that whole space, you know, and, and today we're using it talking about self-love. No, this love is something that comes before you can even get to any other kind of love. Apart from this love, you can't love because you can't love. You can't give what you don't have. 
And what you've established, and you haven't developed nothing, so you don't have anything to give. You're basically going to be giving something that is insincere or ungenuine. It's not genuine. You're going to be looking at somebody else saying, I can give you what they gave you, but it ain't genuine. That's not what we're about. We got to be, the part of being able to love is being authentic mm -hmm. first before we can start giving anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, we can't give what we don't have. And so, and when we're coming from a place of lack and, you know, depletion, it Brokenness. really- Mm hmm. You know, it, it ends up with these relationships that don't work. And we have a lot of relationships that don't work in, in our world. And, and we so, wonder why. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the part that I'm trying to get to is, is that there is a system that we are avoiding. Mm -hmm. we're, we're not understanding the system. The system will give you the results. All you got to do is plug into it. Mm -hmm. It gives you the result. But if you can't participate in it, if you don't understand it. If you don't understand it, this, this experience that we are all going through, it's bigger than any one of us. It was here before we got here. And I, I, the idea is, is that we would invest into it so it would be here into the future. Mm -hmm. But we've, we've, we've lost the understanding or, or idea as to why we are here. And so we just think that it's a selfish journey. It's just this selfish journey that we're on trying to extract any and everything we can out of it and thinking that it's only it's because of us that the next generation begins to, gets the opportunity to experience it. We're just placeholders. We're trying to invest into this thing so that we can move it down to the next generation, just as the previous generation did for us. But it's the system of love that does it. And it, you know, really coming back to, like you said, coming back to knowing ourselves and really tapping into that energy of the inquiry process, you know, because we can get into relationships that might not reflect who we are. And we tend to get into relationships for the sake of being in relationship. And when you can have those deep connections is, you know, when you have a deep connection with yourself. And so I'm wondering, you know, you talk a little bit about growth and self-reflection and mindset practices, you know, I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit more about that and how we can maybe take some of those to integrate these practices to offer maybe some deeper hope and resiliency for, for that. Well, I can, I'll say this, that the things that we have to do to start doing the, the, the deep dig is that we have to start with asking ourselves, first of all, we have to desire change. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we've got to recognize the need for change. I mean, there's, there's so many things that we're up against and just the mere fact of our, our mortality, we, we, we've got to get past our mortality before we can get the liberty of this experience. Um, but, but apart from that, we've got to ask our, ourselves, how did we get here? And I don't mean that in a big sense. I'm saying, where is it that we are right now that we're unhappy with, that we're un we feel um, disconnected and, and, and unhappy about? How did we get here? And then ask the question, why, 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 why did I do what I did? Why do I say what I say? What is, how does those answers associate with something that's bigger than myself? Because we have to understand, and that's why I said our mortality, we're here on a temporary time frame. We're temporary. And until we recognize the, 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 the temporary, the being temporary, us being here on a temporary basis, we don't see the urgency of the moment. Mm -hmm. We can't see the urgency of the moment. And then we don't need to understand that the reason why we're here is to invest into something that's bigger than ourselves. And it's from that attitude that we can begin to ask the question, am I doing the things that add value to humanity, to humanity now, or am I actually here on a selfish journey to see what I can heap on myself? You are and I are temporary. The, I don't care how much we, we 
poured on ourselves. You know, the it says, you came in this world with nothing, you're gonna leave with nothing. The only thing that we have to offer humanity, which is bigger than us, is the ability to invest into humanity. Those things, those gifts, those talents, those abilities that carry on beyond our physical existence. And it's from there we define this experience called life. Yes, I, I so appreciate that message. I think so often there, there is a fear around what you say, uh, us being temporary or fear of death or fear of really, you know, facing that. And I, I found that um, in my, my own circles and in my own practice that uh, especially lately, we, you know, coming out of these, I'm saying coming out of these pandemic years, there has been a huge fear surrounded around death. But you're saying, correct me if I'm wrong, the reality of it is, is that we are all temporary. <laughs> and so for me, that especially these last couple of years and with the recent passing of my dad, um, that really put in an urgency for me. Like I've got to start making, you know, decisions to inspire people so that my, so that when, whatever, whenever my day is up, whenever that is, I don't know, we're not all guaranteed a long life. That's one thing I definitely have learned. We're not all guaranteed a long life, but for every day that I get, you know, it is a blessing. And am I making decisions based on something much bigger, uh, bigger than me and my own you know, selfish wants. That's the underlying message to love is to really understand the value of the moment. It's the moment. We're not guaranteed anything. You get right now, that moment just passed. That's, that's the importance of this experience and how will we use those moments to live on beyond ourselves. It's what will we invest into this thing called humanity that will live on into eternity, where people will begin to understand the values and the things that we, we struggle with demonstrating our values because we're not committed, we're not investing in it. We're not investing it into humanity. We're so divided right now that even if we wanted to, we couldn't pass it on. As, a, as, a, as humans, as a, as a oneness. And it's the thing that's, it's, it's, it's hmm. as you and I all both know, it's destroying us as a nation, as a human being, as humans. You know, where there's things that are happening in this world right now because of egos, because, because it's our way or, or it, we're not gonna be willing to accept anyone else's perspective. Anyone else, there's no tolerance. Tolerance gives us the opportunity to have conversation. We can't even have conversation because we can't even muster up enough tolerance to accept that there is another perspective. Not that you have to agree with it off the, at, the, at, the, at the jump, but just to understand that guess what? As a human being, I have a different perspective than you have. I come from a different place. I'm, it, here's the point. If, there, if, I was, if I didn't have anything different than you, I really would not have any value. I, I would not even be here. If we look at our fingerprints as we both know or all know that they're original, they're unique. There was, there's never been, nor will they ever be another one of me, you, it will never be. We have to operate like that. We have to possess that uniqueness and invest it into humanity. I absolutely agree with all of that because, um, you know, we all have something individual to offer. And oftentimes I think people get 
scared. There's a lot of fear of the unknown and what people don't know. And if there's differences, there's that, that fear that comes into place. And, and so we all have different perspectives, whether or not we agree or not, we can show up and honor that person just for having that perspective. And, you know, we don't have to, like I said, agree with them, but we can respect it. And that's where we're going to come from a place of love. And I think that also comes into that place of when we truly tap into our potential and, you know, recognizing that we are here for a short time and that we all have a voice and we all have something to teach each other and we can show up in community and offer that value, really tap into that, that we can really begin to rise in our consciousness because we're moving out of that fear place of the unknown of what it would be like to step into our potential, our really true deepest potential from a love place, from wanting to help support humanity. I mean, things can start to really shift on so many levels when we all recognize how sovereign and how much potential we truly have on this planet for this very, very short time that we're here. And it's all by choice. You have the choice to possess it, the ability to be able to demonstrate it. That's the power that I'm talking about that love has. Mm -hmm. You and I have the ability to make a difference one at a time, impacting the next person, which impacts the next person. It's, we are meant to make that kind of transformation. We have that ability. We have the capacity to do it. All we have to do is choose. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, it reminds me of one simple practice that I personally do to connect me with that is I will just ask universe, how could we, how can I be of service today? And it's, and it's so it's, it's answered every time in the most like unusual ways, like a person just comes by and I get the opportunity to help them. And it's just out of sincere, genuine act of love, you know, or I, you know, receive a phone call of someone I haven't heard from in forever. And, you know, we have this great connection and conversation and it, it's sometimes in very small things, but I think when we lead with how could I be of service today? How could I be of help to someone today? That just starts, that just starts the momentum and that energy of, of love. Really, you're absolutely right. That's the attitude that we're talking about. It's it's being able to have that attitude that's not focused on yourself. How can I help? I mean, it's just that simple. It's just how can I help? I don't know if we've we've talked about it, but my book is called Love Made Simple, and it's basically taking the confusion out of this thing. It's in our it's in our ability to love one another. Nobody can stop you. Nobody can prevent you from doing, nobody can cause you to do it, but all you have to do is the desire to do it. And that's it. I want to help somebody. I'm going to, I'm not going to do anything I'm, until I help somebody today. I'm not, I'm not going to be fulfilled. I'm not going to be successful. I'm not going to have a good day until I help somebody. That is beautiful. And it's, it's a beautiful segue into um, just telling us a little bit more about what you're working on. Um, and where people can find you? Well, the one thing that I didn't tell y'all, didn't share with you all is that I'm the founder and executive director of a nonprofit called Clear Journey. Mm. And what we do is Love Made Simple, the book is the foundation of the nonprofit. And it basically does, it puts the practical application of love. We demonstrate it. And what we do to demonstrate it is we teach financial literacy and attitudes for success mm. to teens and young adults, giving them the tools to navigate successfully this thing called life without having to experience some of these pitfalls that in many cases early on in your life gets you tripped up, making you having to try to recover instead of really getting an opportunity to experience and reach your goals and dreams. That's what that's about. That's the clearjourney.org. That's the totality of everything that I do is to promote that and to allow people to uh, understand that that's my heart's desire. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing is, is that I'm on all of the social medias. I'm on Juan Lee, the author, my website where you can get the book, Love Made Simple. Um, I'm also on Instagram at Juan Lee Author. I'm, at, I'm on Facebook at Juan Lee Author. 
I'm on Twitter at Love Made Simple. I'm also on LinkedIn at Juan Lee. And I also have a gift for you guys if uh, your listeners are interested. I have a guide to um, the three mistakes that we make that prevent us from living a successful life. Um, so you can you can go to um, extra.wanleytheauthor.com backslash freebie and get that guide to those three mistakes that we make to prevent us from living the successful life that we all desire. Beautiful. And if you want to send us all those links, we'll absolutely add those to the show notes. Our listeners can easily find those. Yes. Thank you. I I look forward to reading the the three mistakes. I'm, I'm interested to, to read that for myself. So thank you for that gift. It's you're welcome. It's great. I appreciate that. That's uh, hopefully they all be opportunities that we can just think about and allow ourselves to understand that there's so many things that we hold control over that we give away Mm -hmm. and we wonder why we're subject and we're being, you know, having to suffer the things that we're suffering. Thank you. So in closing, thank you, Juan, for being here with us today and sharing this space to have this conscious conversation with all of us. Thank you for listening to Be The Love podcast. If you have enjoyed listening to our show, please share the love by sharing it with your friends, giving us a five-star written review on iTunes, liking us on Facebook, or making a donation by visiting our Patreon website at patreon.com forward slash Be The Love podcast. And stay tuned for more episodes being released every Monday and Thursday at 5.55 a.m. Mountain Time. Thank you, Heather Lynn, for providing us with your beautiful song to accompany our show, Be the Love. If you would like to learn more about Heather Lynn and her music, please visit her website at heatherlynnmusic.com. And thank you, Christy Grace at Leading Edge Productions for the beautiful design and graphic. And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we are souls on the journey to align to our divine purpose and shine our lights. So keep on shining.